Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vavil UK EFL League One and Two podcast with me, James Crossan and Adam Doyle. We've got a great show in store tonight, haven't we, Adam? That's right. We'll be joined by football writer and commentator extraordinaire Taylor Tony Green to talk all things Wickham, as well as Harry Burton, a diehard Oxford fan, to preview the League One playoff final. All that and more on today's Vavil EFL podcast. Don't forget, you can find all of our previous podcasts on Spotify, Apple, Google Pods and ACAS. So lads, we're three days away from Wembley. One of your clubs will be rubbing shoulders with Aston Villa and company next season. How are the nerves? Uh, If I'm honest, very, very nervous. Um, You know, we've never been in this position before, so it's a lot to take in sort of all at once. It's just a weird sort of situation to be in, not only how we got there, how we played in the semi-final and obviously now it's sort of a local derby against uh, Oxford. So it's sort of a lot has come all at once. Yeah, and I'm very, very nervous. And Harry, how about you? How, how are the nerves with you? Well, on Monday, I was just like, right, take me to the final. Let's go. Let's let's play Wickham tonight. And uh, gradually as the week's drawn on, and as we're going to be talking about tonight, those nerves are going to start creeping in because you realise that this is 90 minutes, maybe more maybe penalties, and you could be a championship team. Or it's another season League One, and in for the grind with all those Peterboroughs and Portsmouths, Sunderlands that are left behind. So the nerves are there, but also I think a lot of excitement because it's a, it's a massive opportunity for both clubs. So it's one that hopefully we can take. Harry, you talk about nerves there, but I think one man who won't be nervous is Carl Robinson. How cool was he during the penalty shootout in the playoffs? See, that's the thing. This is Carl Robinson through and through. And it's it's a thing over the years that some supporters of other clubs haven't liked Robinson because he perhaps wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, but it's just the pure passion for the job that he has um, that shines through. It shines through on the players. And I think with Carl, he he will show all the emotions on the sidelines, but he will get it through to the players that this is this is just this is the task at hand. They've done it before. We've played Wickham before. We've beaten Wickham before. Um, we've been in big games. We've had massive games this season with big crowds. We've had games in the, for example, an EFL Trophy with small crowds. Ultimately, it's just a case of. 90 minutes and keeping your head. And uh, Taylor, just over to you. Obviously, we spoke before and I know Adam and Callum did a brilliant prediction of Fleet, Fleet, Fleetwood winning the playoffs completely. <laughs> uh, obviously, I, me and you stayed true to Wickham. Um, but really, can you? were you expecting that performance? Absolutely not. I mean, I think I previewed 0-0 for the first leg and sort of nick it in the second. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know how it happened. In the first sort of seven-odd minutes, it was just a blur of just so much stuff going on. Obviously, we had our early goal with Offerball. What a shot, by the way. Um, they had a dubious penalty, if I, if I, if I say. Um, and then Jacobson, you know, did what he did, what he's done pretty much all season, and he scored from a corner. So it was all sort of really quickly at once. And then we had that third just before half time, And then it was sort of, okay, we, we're actually, we could do this. And then 4-1 going into the second leg, you're thinking, well, you know, we can't, Surely we can't bolt this. And I don't think anyone had lost a lead like that before. So I was like, well, if anyone's going to be the first team to do it, I feel like it could be Wickham. But um, although they dominated us in the second leg, you know, we still stuck to the game plan and we managed to get a draw out of it in the end. So 
at the two sides between us and Oxford, we have had the more, the more comfortable sort of run to the final. But no, I definitely didn't expect to be in the position and to have, you know, a 6-3 aggregate win over Fleetwood, who I also thought would, you know, would probably be our toughest test. Obviously, Oxford are a good side. And I, and I said I'd rather face Oxford, but now I think I probably, if I could have chosen between the two, I would rather Portsmouth. But I mean, neither side looked comfortable between Oxford and Portsmouth. It was very close. I think they've drawn all season in all of the games they've played and it's just come down to, you know, Brannigan's penalty. So two tough sides we could have gone against and it's just Oxford who, you know, who won the shootout. But I think out of the two, going into it, we had, you know, more comfortable but I still think we are the underdogs um, for the final. Staying with you, Taylor, Fred Onyedima. He must be on cloud line after his two goals on Monday night. What did he change from his normal game to put in that kind of performance, especially with backs against the wall? The pressure was all on you guys in that leg. How important was his performance and what can he bring to the team on Monday? Yeah, he, he is so, so good. He, he definitely is our most talented player on the ball. And, you know, he's been at the club a few times. I think it's his third spell. He's finally permanent. He's been on loan twice from Millwall. Um, every time... You know, he's been a fan favourite. He's just so good on the ball, so technical. And he's sort of like a Wickham Ronaldinho, obviously not to Ronaldinho's level. Or is he? <laughs> you know, he is He is very good. And, you know, this season he's had injury problems. He was out for a long time, rehab. Um, finally came back against Tranmere. But I think that was only, you know, two games before the break. So we never actually really got to see him at his full fitness. Uh, every time he's been involved, he just just offers that different threat. When he's partnered up with, with Bayo and, you know, whoever's on the right, whether that be Wheeler or um, Freeman, Kashkit, whoever. He just offers that threat on the ball, whereas quite a lot of players do well off the ball. And obviously Bayo in the middle. But, uh, you know, Freddie's just a fantastic player. And, you know, we're 1-0 we're down and obviously got quite lucky with Harry Suter making that mistake. But still, it was him going down the left, putting pressure on, you know, never giving up and he got all the way to the byline. Uh, but then he managed to get the finish. And then the second goal was obviously a, a brilliant strike to sort of calm nerves and, and send us to the final. So I really think he's important. I'm just happy he's fit now because we've missed him a lot this season. Um, I think a lot, if you look at his goal involvement stats, he's definitely up there per minute. You know, he's not played a lot this season, but when he has played, you know, he's he's been the difference. And I really think he, I think Jermaine Beckford had that really good performance for Leeds a couple of years ago. And I really think he could do the same for us. Harry. In football, we, we talk about winning and how winning can become a habit. Your side's not won in either of the last two games against Pompey. Does that worry you at all going into Monday's final? Usually, um, if we were playing anyone apart from Pompey, I'd say it would be a slight worry. But I feel with us and Pompey, it's very typical and it, happen- it happens quite a lot of the times we play each other, even in different seasons. We are very good canceling each other out. Pompey usually with have quite a physical style of play, um, and they and we saw that in both games. Whereas Oxford, we try and play out from the back. Really, in either game, there wasn't a lot of clear cut chances. There was you'd have you'd have a, a spell, perhaps two or three minutes, you get a couple of chances. But a lot of the play was in midfield. So at the end of the day, the the aim of the playoffs is to get through, no matter how. So if it's via a penalty shootout, I don't think the nerves can take it a second one, but if it has to be via a shootout on Monday, so be it. And Harry, just looking at Oxford's record against Wickham, you haven't lost a game against Wickham since 2015. So does that set a bit of complacency in there, or do you think that that just shows that you, you, you're there to, to win and you're the, you are the favourites? I think we're lucky in a way that we have, a, again, with Carl Robinson's style, is that he he's very good at kind of stopping 
players getting too confident, keeping them on level foot and let him be the one that shows the emotions kind of on the sideline. I think all he needs to do is show that game in 2015 because that was the team where we had Kemar Roof, Callum O'Dowder, Danny Hilton in his prime. And you go back, you had George Baldock, Liam Serkham, John Lundstrom, all in that side. We were flying at the time. And we go to Wickham away. Gareth Ainsworth sets his team out in the in the usual style that they're up and at us. Um, it's physical. It's not very nice. But that the togetherness and the teamwork you have to admire. And they come away with a result. And no matter how much of the ball we had, ultimately they win 2-1. And by looking at that game, we have to realise it's similar circumstances here. We might have a lot of the ball. We might be the entertainers in League One or, or, or whatever other, other people might want to call us. It's a one-off game, and you have to be—you have to be on it on the day, and you have to. If you get the chances, take them. So we'll see. And and Taylor, just touching on that statistic, how how do you think that bodes for Wickham? Because obviously, that's five years since your last victory against Oxford. It is a long time, and it's been five games since then. It, it, do, does that help the team at all, or, or do you think that statistic offers a bit of a hindrance? Um, you know, it's it's sort of tough to understand. I'd say if this was, you know, a regular season game, we were due to play them not too soon uh, before the break, um, and obviously it didn't happen earlier on in the season. We lost one 0 but you know we had a penalty, missed that. Akinfemi got sent off, so that really changed the game. Um, I think that was our first loss in a long time, um, and that sort of set us on a downward spell in December. But it's it, it is tough to talk who is better of the two sides. On the ball, definitely Oxford. You know, they're a fantastic footballing side. But we often, you know, show up against these good sides and, you know, we can defend. Fleetwood are playing some really good stuff on, on Monday. But, you know, we managed to stop them uh, and, you know, have that solid back line. You know, Oxford are going to bring it to us. They're going to be passing it around. If we can hold strong, you know, then hopefully we'll be able to go on the counter, get a goal or, you know, take the lead. I think the first goal was going to be really important. We're... We're undefeated when scoring the first goal. So that blows well for us if we can score the first one. Um, but no, in recent years, it's not been great for us against Oxford. But, you know, I have to look where the two teams are. You know, we went up after after Oxford. We've not been in League One for a while. They've, you know, they got the financial backing of the squad. They've got a really good team. And, you know, it just happens that this year is our, is our sort of time. It, it does go down onto the day. As Harry said, it's, you know, a one-off game. We definitely have the dressing room in our favour and the togetherness and I really think during times like this especially that that could really bode well for us and and give us the chance and the opportunity to actually go in and win the game I think in normal circumstances it would be different but with no crowd it really is just the managers and the 11 players on the pitch and I think Einstein's got a way of just being able to manage them as a team collectively individually so that will be just a really important factor in, you know, potentially us winning the game and, and going to the championship. Harry, Matt Taylor's been your star player this season and in both games he was hardly set in the world alight. Do you think his form going into this match will worry you and other fans or do you think he can turn it on for the final? I think Matty Taylor is perfectly capable of stepping it up on the day when it's needed. He's proven in games this season Um where he perhaps has been on the back of an injury like he was on Friday and on Monday where he's recovering for an injury, hadn't trained for two weeks. So I think Matty's got that mentality that when the chips are down and there's there's little margins in games, he will, he will find a way of impacting it. And the thing with Taylor is you watch him this season, his head just doesn't drop and the runs that he made, he, he showed, showed it against Man City, you know, arguably 
one of the best teams in the lab. That movement carries on from minute one to minute nine until it all, whenever he can't run, often when he can't <laughs> run, <laughs> run, runs out of steam. Um, so if there's an opportunity that's going to be in the box, I want it to fall to Taylor. And I still think that this could be the game where we see Matty really shine. The same with Marcus Brown. Marcus had a had a fairly decent first leg, um, got himself a goal, but a little bit quieter in the second leg. Understandably, Pompey are going to mark him a bit tighter, let him have a bit less freedom. So I think there'll be a lot to come from him as well. And Harry, talking about Marcus Brown, uh, obviously you sold him in the summer last year to Middlesbrough. The move really didn't work out. He, he, he's come back and he's, he's been on good form since he's come back. How do you feel your chances of keeping him are going forward, especially if you were to go up into the Championship? I think with Marcus, it would depend what league we're in. Um, being in the championship would help a lot. It will also depend what league Middlesbrough are in. If Middlesbrough get relegated to League One, they'll look and say, well, hang on a minute, this guy was doing it in League One. Do we give him a chance? So we might have the advantage of being one league higher. If we're both a championship team, then you would hope that Marcus would be, would be willing to to come back I think he's one that really believes in what we're trying to do here he has a good connection with the supporters um, good connection with his teammate and the thing with Marcus Brown is he was a good player when he was with us last season he's come back as a great player he's grown in that year that he's been away perhaps things it's been good for him in a way that he's had to he's had things perhaps go against him because he's learning from it come down to us got the side out of a bit of a sticky spell because when he when he came we were struggling we were we were struggling after losing the Fozus and the Cadens, Baptiste. They were big holes in the team, but he's he's stepped up certainly in this second half of the season. And if he can be on his game on Monday, then I would be feeling quite confident because that man is a game changer. It's as simple as that. And uh, Taylor, we, we we talked about it earlier. Um, obviously, you weren't expecting the performance against Fleetwood. For for the neutrals, you were by far the inferior team going into it. You weren't the favourites. I think you yourself will admit that. I think a lot of people had written you off going into the Fleetwood game. Do you feel like it's the same atmosphere going into this game? Or do you feel that people will have stood up and took notice of the the demolition that you served to Fleetwood uh, in the first leg, especially. Yeah, no, I think I think we are underdogs going into the final. Obviously, people, you know, neutrals are going to think Oxford. You know, they played well against City and Newcastle. Uh, they played good football. They beaten Pompey penalties. So I think Oxford are going to be the favourites. Um, but you know, being underdogs suits us down to the ground. We've been underdogs pretty much ever since we you know came into the football league it's sort of it's our ethos it works for us you know it worked for us in the playoffs back in back in league 2 unfortunately we didn't get promoted then but overall I'm happy being underdogs it doesn't it doesn't affect our approach for things if anything it makes it sort of easier you know the boys can play without pressure then it just it serves us you know smoother on the day you know things are going to run. Obviously, we were very, very dominant against Fleetwood in that first leg, especially. And I think that did, you know, catch a lot of people off guard. Second leg, we weren't great footballing wise, but we still got the job done. And I think being able to switch between the two, of being able to be on it one hundred percent like we were in the first leg, and being able to not be in the best footballing side, but we've been able to carry ourselves through just on sort of individual performance. Then you know that sort of serves us well. So I would say we are underdogs. Um, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't change things. The boys know that's a, I think that's the difference. The boys know that we're underdogs. So if this was a Fleetwood Oxford final, Fleet would be both teams would be thinking, oh, we're the you know we're the favourites here. We've got to go out, you know, start strong and give it to them. 
but us being underdogs, like I said, suits us down to the ground. We know our place. Oxford, you know, I'm pretty sure they think they're favourites. But if we think we're underdogs, then that's how we can set up and, and sort of maybe start behind the ball or whatever tactics Angel has in plan. It, it just makes it sort of an easy approach to the game. So, yeah, being underdogs is, is absolutely fine for us. Taylor, you've only won five games away from Adams Park this season. Is that a worry at all? I, I know a lot gets brought back to, to Wick and be the underdog, but that is a worrying statistic going into a game that is not at your home ground. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that win away to Fleetwood, I think that's really going to help us. The fact that we went there and we, you know, we gave it to him, we took it to him, and, and obviously we dominated him 1 4 1. So that's it's good to get have that away win as we go into Wembley. We've been to Wembley before, it didn't work out then. But you know, hopefully times are different. You know, I don't think Oxford have had a playoff campaign in the Football League and we have not too you know, four, four, five years ago now. So Ainsworth has the experience with the squad, albeit I think there's only three of three of the existing players from that uh, from that 2015 squad. There's, we still have that experience. We've been to Wembley before. Oxford have been to Wembley more times. Um, but I don't think form comes into it. I think form is really sort of off the cards now. It really is 11 versus 11, the manager's connection with the players, the manager's tactics, and it's just everyone's going to give it everything. It's just how you deal with it on the day. I think Wembley's an anomaly when it comes to away form. You either rise to the situation or you don't. The fans makes it a, makes it a completely different you know, encounter. I think if there were fans, Oxford probably would have taken more. But you know, Oxford played a big game this season and maybe they were carried in them games with the fans. They don't have it this time. So maybe that will give us an advantage of there being no fans, you know, Obviously, we have made Adams Park a fortress and the fans are a big part of that. But being away from home, we've not been as consistent as we should be to the position we're in now. But I really do think away form and you know general form is sort of off the cards. And yeah, like I said, it really is down to you know, the 22 men on the pitch. Uh, so just as a question for both of you, Taylor, I'll start with you. Uh, which player surprised you most during the the two leg? It can be your own player, it can be an opposition player, but w- which player was it that stood out for you the most? Uh, definitely Mandy Offerball. I mean, he was absolutely brilliant. I've rated him all season. You know, he's come on a lot. He's not started, you know, a great deal amount of games, um, but he really is quality. He was superb, both legs. First leg, he obviously had that, you know, that fantastic strike. But in the second leg, just watching him, I think he played better even in the second leg because sitting back, he knew what he had to do. And he was just he was just everywhere, winning tackles, making passes. You know, he's on loan. He was he was from Bournemouth, so I don't think we're going to be able to keep him for next season. But he just has that quality. Um, he partners really well with Gape, so hopefully them two can can stay together. I mean, quite a lot of us Wickham fans weren't even expecting him to be, to be in the starting eleven. Uh, Thompson started often throughout the season ahead of him, um, so you know Gaz sort of changed it at the semi final, and you know it worked wonders. Obviously, you have Fred, who you know he scored twice and, he, and he's played really well in the second leg. And we have our normal, c- consistent performers. Um, but if I had to have you know a surprise performance, definitely would be off the ball. And I'm expecting to see him start on on Monday because you know he deserves it with his performances over. over Harry, two what legs. about you? Who is it in Oxford's ranks that you would rate the, the highest going into the final? Well, there was there was quite a few decent performances um, throughout the team going into the final. The one that struck me was it was more of a partnership, but Elliot Moore especially this season. The centre half it's mainly been John Messina and, and Rob Dickey partnered. Elliot Moore initially was just the cup defender, 
against probably everyone's expectations. A lot of people would have expected more to be starting games this season, but Moussinho has been absolutely fantastic in his in his later years, has stepped up and been a real good leader to have in the team. In the second half of the season, Moore's got more of a chance, and it was just a case of really building an understanding with Dickey, who's been outstanding all the way through and probably one player we're gonna we might struggle to keep hold of in the summer but we can't kind of wish him the best because that lad's got a massive future in the game so i'll say the combination of elliot moore and and rob dickey the two of them through both legs showed great position and great awareness they kind of rode out the first the storm at pompey's place half an hour when we were really on the back foot. You have to credit Sam Long as well. He had probably the roughest of all times in that first leg against Ronan Curtis. Second leg, Sam Long got the upper hand from minute one, and Curtis really was a, a shadow of what he was in the, in the first game. Likewise, Josh, Josh Ruffles on the left side. In the second leg, Ryan Williams gave a bit of a tough start, but gradually Ruffles finds his game and proves why He's one of our, well, he is the longest serving player now. Real assets to the team. And I think that could be the thing. Both Wickham and Oxford, there are great individual players. But as a team, they work so well together. Everyone knows what each other's jobs are. And I think that's why we've both reached the final. It's, you see teams in this league, for example, go down a bit further. Peterborough, everyone talks about Ivan Tony, And perhaps they sometimes they are a bit, a bit of a one-man team. Whereas us and Wickham, you see, you see the partnership throughout the team. You see... See the togetherness and, and the work rate. I think that's a fantastic point, as you touch on there. There's it's, it's something that we've spoke about as well in that the, the Ivan Tony show, and obviously Darren McCantony has been very vocal about that. But like you say, it is it is about a t- it's a team game. There's eleven players on the pitch, not just one who might be worth thirty million had you been promoted. But yeah, it's this that de- definitely like you say true, and and they did stand out the, the back four. I know Josh Ruffles was at Coventry as a young lad and he went straight to Oxford and I believe he's been with you since the conference. Is that correct? He's been with us since 2013. For a player that was initially, I think he was just signed to play like in in the under-23s and through the years has had fleeting appearances. Some managers have used him quite a lot. Some managers, not not so much. He's started as a central midfielder. Um, moved to left back. He in his first pre-season with us, he played at left back against a couple of local non-league sides, and he got absolutely torn apart. So when he first started moving there, there was a lot of doubts. But he's developed himself, and you'd argue now that he's probably the best left back in in either two of the divisions. I mean, that might be a little bit harsh on Joe Jacobson. He's a, a very good player himself, but it's certainly worth a debate that one. Taylor, going into the playoffs, a lot of a lot of teams and a lot of people in the footballing world gave Wickham a lot of stick for how they got in there, finishing eighth. They didn't finish in the top six. So do you think it's the most playoff thing ever for, for Wickham to win the playoff? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, I think the criticism that we get for finishing, especially from Peterborough fans and, and Tranmere fans, I understand Tranmere a bit more because obviously they got relegated because of, it, because of it. Peterborough, I don't really understand the sort of distaste they have towards us. You know, it's not our fault. That's when the league was finished. We had a game in hand. Who's to say we weren't going to win that? So I do think the criticism towards us for, for finishing third is is unjustified. We voted to finish the season because we financially simply couldn't, as most of the teams in League One couldn't. So I think the criticism is harsh on that front. But even so, you know, we are in the playoffs and you can't really say we don't deserve to be in the final because, you know, we played over the two legs. We played Fleetwood off the park. So... 
it would be the most playoff thing for us uh, to go up. Definitely. You know, we're going to embrace that. Uh, we're a team who don't do stuff conventionally and that's absolutely fine by us. So, yeah, we will go into that final knowing that, yeah, look, we've been handed a bit of luck, but that's what the playoffs is. It's, it's you know, it's up to us now to take that luck and, and turn it into success and get promoted. Well, the best part about these podcasts are the predictions and you can embarrass yourself like me and Kel did last week. So I'll start with you, Harry. What do you think the score will be on Monday night? I think I'm going to have to say 2-1 to Oxford. In typical Oxford fashion, we will do it the hard way. Wickham will go 1-0 up. We will knock on the door for the majority of the game for two late goals to see us on to a win. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> and Taylor, what what do you think? Do you think you'll be able to blow Oxford away like you did Fleetwood? Or do you think it'll be a lot more of a tense and, and tighter game? Uh yeah, six nil half time and then we'll probably just, just chill out in the just chill out in the second leg. I don't know, it's tough. I think if we do get that early goal, then I think we are the favourites. You know, we've not lost after going after taking the lead. Um it's just it's just a really weird sort of how to predict it. I would I didn't predict Fleetwood, so hopefully I can predict if I say one nil Oxford, then hopefully I've predicted wrong again and, and it works for us in our favour. But I am gonna say I do think we'll concede, although we are very good defensively. I think Oxford is just too good going forward. So I'll do your bog standard 2-1 prediction, but obviously to Wickham this time. Well, boys, thanks a lot for coming on this week. We really do appreciate it. And of course, thank you to you guys at home for listening. We wish you the best of luck on Monday's final and may the best team win.